Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Noble Relating, the podcast of the new paradigm. Um, of course, I'm your host, Noble. I'm here with another special guest this week. Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself. Uh, this is Joe. Say hello to the people, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. This is Joe, also known as Joe Renette or Joe the Creatrix. And um, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. I'm happy you um, decided to do this for me. I really appreciate it. I was, um, you know, shocked when you um, actually, you know, replied to saying that you wanted to be on, and I was um, excited because I wanted to know more about you. So <laughs> the perfect way of doing it. Yeah, I was at, when I saw the post. I was like, hmm, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, all right. So tell me a little bit about yourself first. Um, like first, do you identify as polyamorous? And if so, like how, like what type of poly are you? I do identify as polyamorous, but I will say I kind of lean more towards open relating only because like boundaries and protocol, I don't have a lot of them or they're not mm -hmm. strict. So I consider myself poly because I'm aware that I am in more than one, you know what I mean, committed relationship, but mm -hmm. they're all so different that the boundaries and protocols, like, it depends on the dynamic. Right. And, and for the um, for the audience who may not be aware, um, when we say polyamory versus open relating, typically in the circles that we come from, when you're polyamorous, that typically means that you have multiple partners but there typically is some type of rule or protocols that has to be adhered to to make people feel comfortable or secure in relationships, whereas open relating is more about um, having the freedom. People kind of do what they want, and we kind of build for our own triggers um, as they come up, um, more or less. W would that sound accurate to you, Joe, to that kind of yes. description? Yes, I do agree. That is definitely open relating. Not to be mistaken with swinging, because right. when I do say open relating, a lot of even when I say polyamorous, a lot of people identified as swinging, and I'm like, that's not the same at all. Right. <laughs> and swinging um, again for the distinction for the audience. Swinging is pretty much where um, maybe a couple, a married couple, for instance, may have like a like a hall pass to where they you know can have sets with other individuals but they're not actually in relationship with those individuals like there's no communication or contact after the physical encounter um mm -hmm. would you agree with that also joe yeah yeah all right so what brought you into open relating have you always been an open relator or is that something that is a new development in your life um hmm I wouldn't say always, at least I wasn't always aware of it, but I probably can say it became that maybe 18, 19 years old. Still wasn't aware yeah. of the terms, but that is, you know, how I was maneuvering through my relationships. Um, okay. I was very transparent about my feelings towards people and how the relationships went. Um, I always understood like past relationships or exes, not really like over per se, you know, it may be in the physical, but you have emotional ties to people still, or you still just on good terms with them to where you still have some type of, you know, dynamic, mm -hmm. so I was, like, you know, receptive 
to those particular things. But the actual terms and, you know, acknowledging it and speaking it, that was probably maybe two or three years ago when I came across Psalms and, well, PLA and Psalms and joined the Blue Butterflies a couple years ago. So ever since that, I've been more vocal about my authenticity in that in that area. Okay, and so where are you where are you from, Joe? Like, what's your background? Like, for me, for example, I'm from Southern West Virginia. Um, it was a very Baptist, um, religious, you know, type of environment, and you know, this whole polyamory, open relating, all the terms and everything that I know now and live by now. I had never even heard before I turned like 30, you know? So what was your background like? Uh, Because it seems like you were a little bit more uh, comfortable being open relator at an early age. Yeah. Um, I want to say it was somewhat similar. I'm from Texas. Okay. Um, So pretty much, you know, Southern child. Um, Christian, was raised in Christian households, but also was reinforced the Christian side, but also like African culture, history, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I always saw growing up though was like my grandparents having these understandings. Like I had like three sets, three or four sets of grandparents. Hmm. You know, see, that's not normal mm-hmm. for most people, but I always saw it as, you know, black families, we are big on community. So we have big families. So you may have a grandpa and a grandma in this neighborhood, but you still have another grandma and grandpa somewhere else because, you know, the grandma that lives on the other side of town used to be married, you know what I mean, to the other grandpa, but they still have a certain understanding because you got grandkids and kids. Mm -hmm. Can't really be a lot of conflict, so we just Mm. had a sense, you know, of, of grandparents. So I think seeing that I always understood, you know, relationships are not necessarily just black and white. It's kind of, you know, what works for everybody. Right. So what was, um? so you said that's like, you had a had different sets of grandparents. What was the relationship like with your parents? Were, they, were your parents married or were they kind of like also uh, they, kind of open? No, they were married, um, monogamous, you know, relationships, husband, wife, we married and we're going to be together. Even in that, <clears throat> um, I would still see, or other relationships around too were similar, monogamous. But in a lot of the monogamous relationships I saw, I would see like a lot of conflict, you know, or doing stuff behind each other's back or, you know, mm-hmm. cheap and stuff like that. So when I got to the age to be in a relationship, one of my main things was always, I'm going to just be honest, like, can't nothing hurt being honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how do you, um, with being honest and, you know, dealing with different people, how do you avoid conflict in those situations? Because it seemed like for what you were just saying that, um, you know, one of the main drawbacks for monogamy was the amount of conflict that would kind of ensue from people just doing what they wanted to do. How do you avoid that as an open relator? Um, I will say you can't, I mean, in any dynamic, you can't avoid conflict like things are going to come up you're gonna get triggered even if it's not a trigger just things are gonna come up or as I say experiences or lessons are gonna pop up to be received so you can't really avoid it but 
to decrease it. Like I said, the, the, the transparency and however the conversation goes after being honest, we can deal with that after, you know, the honesty and still continue to be honest, but whatever comes from being honest, you know, I'm aware and accept what comes from it or how I'm going to have to process it if I am going to have to process it. Right. So, so what made you choose being an open relator, uh, so to speak, rather than uh, just you know, a traditional, well, not traditional, but like a normal um, polyamory setup? Like, what was it about open relating that appealed to you? Um, I'm a very like versatile person, and I strongly believe in being my most authentic self and for the people that I attract to do the same. And when it comes to other, you know, structures I've seen, sometimes some of the protocol or or boundaries, I feel like it impedes on, you know, both people or multiple parties being their most authentic selves. Hmm. Okay. So you you felt like you really couldn't be your most authentic self with um no with with certain rules and conditions um that polyamory brings is that what you're saying correct mm, not polyamory necessarily but just protocols and boundaries in general like i feel like sometimes people's boundaries or you know protocol i would say more protocol can be a little extensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Boundaries, I can understand. You know what I mean? Like, everybody has their boundaries. You can't really question. I feel like you can't really question a person's boundaries, but a rule or a protocol, I just, I don't like the term rule. <laughs> so, um, are you, like, married right now? Do you have any children? Do you have, any you know, like, deeply committed partners? I'm not married. I don't have any children. Um, I do have two um, long-term committed partners and a couple uh, I would consider, you know, lovers. I don't see them as consistently as my partners. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think when, when most people hear open relating, uh, just your average person who may not be in the community, they tend to, what I hear in the commentary on um, open relating is that you're not really committed or attached to anything or anyone. Um, how do you, um, how would you combat that or like, you know, talk against that as somebody who is open relator who does say they have, you know, um, long-term partners? Yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, whether I acknowledge myself as an open relator or not, like my my dynamics and, and the people I consider my partners, like those are very much, you know, committed relationships. I would say in the aspect of open relating, like the number one relationship in my life is myself, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but I, my relationships, they are very much committed just because I choose to, you know, genuinely strive to make myself, you know, number one in my life doesn't negate the commitment, you know, I show other people. Mm-hmm. Dope, dope. That's a that's a really good answer. I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> um, so when it comes to again um, your journey as somebody who was really you know understanding like 
again, the different technical terms or things like that that, that are associated with um, polyamory. Like, how has it been different since you started learning that information? Like, how has it benefited you? Like, do you have a system now um, by which you, you know, handle your partners or whatnot? Or is it, you know, you've been doing things the way you always have? Um, I will say, <clears throat> out of everything, like, I mean, I do have an increased awareness of myself. And I would, on top of that, I will say my vetting process is different now Ooh. compared to the beginning. And um, I look at, I don't know how other people look at vetting, but I look at that as like, you know, a courting process. Ooh. That's how I treat it now versus, you know, maybe how I didn't treat it in the beginning. So it's just being my authentic self more. Like I, I take my time. I take as long as I need <laughs> to, to, you know, genuinely choose someone a hundred percent. I'm big on that. I'm not going to just choose you for the, for the fuck of it or just half-ass choose you. Like if right. I say choose you, it's going to be because I, believe that a hundred percent a thousand percent and in order to get to that point my vetting process is important an important factor well so then that means if it's so important that means we got to break it down like (laughs) like, other people like you know what is your um vetting process what does it um entail um it entails you know a few things just the main thing is you know generally getting to know the person um mentally, intellectually, um, not focusing, you know, on the physical, obviously if if I'm even engaging with somebody to a point, there is a physical, you know, attraction, but I don't feel like that has to be the focal point in the beginning. And, you know, sometimes that's in, for me, that's an indicator that your interest may not be mutual. I'm not going to say your interest is wrong, but it just may not be mutual. Aspect and um, you know what they have going on if they have they need to have something going on, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as far as goals, intentions, you know, if they're striving to get into their purpose or you know what, what they have going on, I don't like, I can't say I don't like, but I prefer a person to do something, you know, with their time. Right. So I, I, I assume that means you're not very clingy yourself. Like you kind of like to have space, space and freedom. Yes. And you need somebody who's going to occupy their time elsewhere. Yes. That's it. <laughs> right. I do like affection. I do like, you know, being under someone. I like, I love relationships. I love intimacy, but I, I love my space just as much. And, um, you know, in the past, I've had experiences where that desire for space, you know, for some people that can be triggering, that can be looked at as, you know, maybe you're not interested in them or, you know, some form of abandonment. So right. you know, um, I've learned to communicate, you know, what that means for me and what it looks like and that it's, you know, it's nothing to be triggered by and being able to, you know, talk through that with a person if, if that is, does come up that way. Right. So... Now, you also said that you're not currently married before, not correct, right? Mm-hmm. Do you um, desire to be married at one point? And if you are, like, would you be um, choose to be open, you know, through the entirety of the marriage? Or would you be okay being monogamous for a little bit? 
I am open to marriage. I am. I always tell myself if I were to get married, um, I would like to think that that person I'm choosing understands me enough to know um, that, you know, I have a lot of love for other people. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to continue to have those relationships. Um, but I don't want them to feel like that negates you know, our marriage, or our union. Mm-hmm. And who knows over time, what not, who knows? I feel like over time, you know, you might, I might decrease my partners or, you know, have moments where I choose to, I have moments where I may choose to be sexually exclusive to just one partner. Right. But, yeah. you know, I will still hold my emotional um dynamics or my emotional attachments, you know, intact. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to being open relating, an open relator, do you value like the emotional connections over uh, physical connections or are they kind of equal to you? How's um, that work? I don't prefer one over the other. I do like them both for, for different reasons. Um, you know, sometimes the the dynamics that are solely emotional based, they, you know, ignite a certain thing in me. I focus on different things um, within those dynamics versus the others where it may be, you know, more sexually exclusive than anything okay. else. All right. I, I like the combinations, though. Like if I can have a little bit of both <laughs> in the dynamic. That's yeah. cool. But I don't mind, you know, having dynamics where it's uh, separate. Right, right. So what about um your family or whatnot? Like, was your family really accepting of your lifestyle? I know for me, I have a very loving and supportive family. They all think I'm weird. Like, I'm kind of like the, the the black sheep of the family almost. They <laughs> love me and support me, but they're just like, they don't know what I'm doing. I do get that my family it's like a mixture you know of that like some family members they you know ask me questions they want to understand they want to talk about it um others it's just kind of (laughs) like they heard me but they didn't you know what I mean because it's not even nothing that they can't even digest. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which is cool. You know, it's not like it's not something that my lifestyle isn't something like I don't have to talk about it. You don't have to, you know, want to ask me about it. You don't have to be interested in it. I am who I am, you know, those that are interested and those that want to know or have questions, like mm-hmm. they will do so. <laughs> so were you always this uh you seem pretty confident. You know, from you know, in terms of like in yourself and who you are and what it is you want or what you like, have you always been that way, um, or is that something that you had to develop over time? Um, probably a little bit. Always, my family, people, my family, like you've always been an opinionated person. You've always had your own mind, and you know you're gonna do what you want to do just as much as you you know, not going to do something like you stand strong either way, whether it's a yes, you know, or no, I have had moments, you know, in life where 
that confidence, you know, dwindles or damn near vanishes. <laughs> but, you know, you you reinforce, you know, certain things in yourself to to counteract that. That's probably one reason why I do genuinely believe in being your most authentic self. Because what I do know in my experiences is the moments in my life where I chose not to be my most authentic self were my most, you know, hardest or most challenging, sometimes the saddest experiences, you know, to endure. So I don't want the repeats. (laughs) Right, right. Would you be um, willing to, you know, um, recount any of those um, situations? Because I know for me, it's typically when what I call the, uh, the feast or famine. Cause you know, like I feel like sometimes like there's partners everywhere, and then there's just all this new energy, and then like there's some stable ones and people are there. Then there's just some periods when nobody's around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just seems like everybody's occupied. The stuff's going on, um, and then that's where like I feel like that's where my like kind of low points can try to kind of creep in. Because mm-hmm. be, like I'd be questioning like, well, hey, why am I doing this? But then I know why I'm doing it. You know, for real, for real. Yeah. How do you handle times like that? Yeah, definitely. Those I, I'm like have a lot of those times. <laughs> I'm like, who who doesn't have a uh, a few of those times? Right. Um, but counteracting it, I just really try to stay as grounded as possible. You know, within myself. Like I said, I've had moments where. I mean, it was just conflicts. You know, after conflicts trigger after trigger we just couldn't you know get it together and I found myself getting like super duper you know depressed like Mm -hmm. not eating not not doing none of the stuff you know I'm supposed to be doing or should be doing or desired to do I just was letting myself kind of you know dwindle away Mm -hmm. but I realized part of that was you know I was fighting you know trying to be my authentic self whether that was just in my actions or what I you know strive for um, I will say I used to attract partners that maybe felt I was too ambitious, but I realized, you know, part of that reflection was me telling, you know, doubting myself here and there, telling myself I was, you know, too ambitious and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I would fight against striving for the things that I wanted to do. And I found myself, like I said, being very, very depressed and to counteract that i started doing yoga started getting grounded that's how i got into you know chakra therapy focusing on my kundalini energy or my you know internal energy my my sacral chakra so a lot of focus you know in those areas my central embodiment is mm-hmm. you know what kind of gets me out of the slumps of those moments right so biggest uh-huh. thing to really connect with myself. Right, right. Um, a, a question popped up in my mind as you were talking. I was just kind of like, like, how can you be too open, I mean, too ambitious to be an open relator? Like, what, what does that look like? <laughs> <laughs> like I know, it's, it's crazy to me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't get, like, if, for me, it's like, if, if I move how I move, you know, when it comes to relationships, why wouldn't I strive for anything and everything I desire in all the other areas of my life? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but in that I do know and understand that, you know, there are people that are very comfortable with doing and receiving the bare minimum or creating and receiving the bare minimum. And I'm just at a point in my life where I don't want the bare minimum and I'm not going to create a life that is the bare minimum. So I, it may be ambitious to some, but it's, it's normal, you know, in the circles that I'm in. <laughs> so when you say um, ambition, like um, I want to, I want to kind of be clear because, because of some other stuff that's kind of in the, um, in the zeitgeist of, you know, the manosphere, the internet or whatnot. Are you talking about ambition for your, when people had told you that, are, they, are you talking about they were referring to your ambition as in what you wanted for yourself or what you wanted for your relationships? Um, I would say both, like in general, like what I, what I envision, you know, for myself and within that, you know, that affects the people in my life. And so, you know, those goals, you know, within tribe, within wanting to do certain things for myself that overpours into my partners. Um, some, you know, during the, as I mentioned earlier, the vetting process or when I would talk to prospective partners, you know, some just may feel like I was too ambitious and, you know, me personally <laughs> jokingly in my mom, but not quite joking. Like, I don't need that. I need motivation. I don't need that kind of <laughs> energy. <laughs> what type of um, ambition were you striving for? Like, what type of things are, what's on your, on your sheet? What's on your, what's on your uh, vision board? <sighs> Can't tell people what's on the vision board. Okay. All right. <laughs> Give me a short list. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, I will say. I mean, just in a nutshell, like to really do big things, like the anything that I imagine, like I I do yoga and I hula hoop. So, you know, I eventually want to be able to travel and do that and, you know, not have to work um, a nine to five or a corporate job, you know, for the rest of my life. And, you know, there are some people in the world or around me and in my community that feel like that's not how you should think or, you know, feel otherwise. Mm. Mm -hmm. Some people that may look ambitious or to say, I want to have multiple properties in different States, you know, where my partners are. So I don't have to pay for hotels and if I'm <laughs> I can just Airbnb it and still make money when I'm gone. Mm. Like those type of things sound right. ambitious to some people, but to me, mm. It sounds like a smart thing to do in the long term. <laughs> no, I feel you. That's actually something that um, I was thinking about, and I've been considering doing something similar to that. Um, you know, because I'm, I'm pretty ambitious myself. You know, I have um, a couple a, a car rental service where I like I rent some cars out to people. I do coaching, obviously, um, and I do comments and whatnot. So I have like my my hands in a couple of different pots. Um, so I definitely understand the, um, the ambition piece. Personally, I don't know if I could date a woman who doesn't have, um, some ambition. You know yeah. I can understand if you like, you know, you may want more than me. All right. But like, I, I can work with whatever, but if you don't have any, I'd, I'd rather have too much than none. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's my thing. Like, I don't know. I just feel like if you have no ambition, like what's, 
what motivates you? Like, what gets you out the bed <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to yeah. do anything? Like, if you don't have any ambition, like, I feel like, you know, within your purpose or as you find your purpose, like, there is a level of ambition you have towards that purpose or fulfilling that purpose. So it's like, mm-hmm. I can't yeah. imagine, like, I don't know, to not have any ambition or tenacity towards things. Right. So uh, as an open relator, do you have like um, a perfect number in your head of like, you know, is there like a, a limit to how many partners you want? Or is there a, um, no, like an image, a vision in your head of like how you would ultimately like it to be to where you're like, you know what, I'm happy with this. I can't say there is a definitive number per se. Yeah, I can't say. I just, I mean, I, but that's because I look at dynamics, you know, they're all so different. You know, I may have somebody that I consider a partner or somebody I have a, a particular dynamic with and I see them, you know, once a year. <laughs> like right. that doesn't really affect my, you know, the partners that I see on a more, you know, frequent or consistent basis. Right. So it's hard to put a, you know, number on it just because the amount of time <laughs> I yeah, do or don't yeah. with my partners and how my time is distributed. Right. Do you think it's possible to, because uh, I, I remember you did say you didn't, you do not have children right now. Mm-hmm. Could you still be an open relator with children? You think? You think that would be possible? Yeah, I definitely think it's possible. Um, I know plenty of people who have kids and they are open or polyamorous. I feel like that aspect of your life, that doesn't change whether you are capable of being a parent or not. Mm. You know, I just know that, um, you know, in, in the circles that I grew up in, you know, where I'm from, I think a lot of people will have a difficult time with that uh, concept because in their minds, they would be thinking of, you know, oh, there's multiple people coming in and out. And like, how do you trust all these people? How do you bet all these people? And then um, if it's you, it's one thing. And then a lot of people would say, you know, well, if it's children, it's another. Like, mm-hmm. do you ever deal with that or have you ever considered or dealt with that type of fear um, about, you know, when you possibly do have children? I haven't. I know that that is, you know, some of the the statements or comments that I've seen and heard from other people, and I can understand it, but at the same time, um, I feel like that also goes into how you choose to communicate, you know, to your kids. Mm -hmm. And as they develop for them to, you know, understand, you know, what's taking place so that there isn't a lot of confusion or that they know, you know, they can come to you if they are confused or if they do want clarity. Right, right, right. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Cause I, yeah, I don't have any children myself um, yet. And I do hope to at some point um, have some children, but you know, there's still a lot of work to be done with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you had kids, would, would you not be polyamorous anymore? Um, personally, if I had children, I'm, I'm definitely going to be polyamorous. Like I, I'm not going to, 
Like I could be, I could see myself being sexually exclusive or doing that for a little bit, you know, just to get the baby off the ground, you know what I'm saying? Get things going. Um, or to like make, you know, whoever the mother of my children would be, um, feel stable. If that's something that she would need or require, um, I could definitely see myself doing it for, you know, a, a length of time to be monogamous. Um, but it would not be, it would have to be known that like eventually I'm going to go back to being myself yeah. you know, and having other connections. Cause yeah. the way I see it, you know, everybody I pick is a reflection of me and I'm not going to pick any, I wouldn't pick any, any woman that's going to do anything harm, any harm to my, to my children. Mm-hmm. You know, and every experience they have would be to grow them just like they, it, it is to grow me. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm fully yeah. believe in that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm, I feel, you know, similar. That's probably why I think about it like that. I like it. There's no cause to not be. And like you said, whether it's having kids or marriage, my thing is like, I can be sexually, I can choose to be sexually exclusive to one person for an extended amount of time. That's never, you know, been a problem, but that person do has to know that in my authenticity, if something, not something, if somebody comes up, you know what I mean? And I want to choose them in that manner that, that may take place down the line. Yeah, yeah. Since now, since you've been like an open relator pretty much since you were like 18, 19, have you ever like cheated? I have, I will say. <laughs> That's okay. what I will say, you know, 18, 19, I, like I said, I, these, like you said, these terms weren't terms that we were aware of, you know, necessarily. So it, to find out, you know, as I'm older that dang at 18, 19, I was already basically open relating or in multiple relationships without even knowing it, telling myself I'm out of this because I'm living with this person and I'm only having sex with this person, but if I want to be real, like I legitly have a full blown other relationship with another person. We just don't Ooh. have sex. <laughs> oh, got you. But the love so, and everything is still just as potent. right. So you would do what? Um, so it would be what what people would consider like emotional cheating or something like that. Yeah, when I was younger and wasn't, you know, I would feel like, especially trying to be, you know, monogamous, but at the same time being honest. Like, yes, I'm in a relationship with you, but. I still really, really like this person. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm not having sex with them, but I do still really, really like this person. And I do enjoy talking to this person. I do enjoy spending time with this person. But because I'm with you, I'm not having sex with this person. Right. But then I wouldn't always be as transparent about the emotional, you know, how strong the emotional, you know, tie was. And that's where yeah. I feel like I was getting in the, the area of, cheating or you know being dishonest see see i never really understood that because <laughs> like even when i was monogamous you know in my 20s and whatnot, <laughs> like for me unless i was having sex with somebody else like, i never considered myself cheating me I, neither. I don't feel like i never <laughs> cheated on anybody like because i just I just had other people i talked to like I, I wasn't kissing you know what i'm saying nothing like there was no yeah. physical stuff but i just really cared about some other people 
Yeah, that's and that's how I looked at it too. But I did realize, you know, at that age, a lot of people, you know, looked at relationships as, you know, like you said, if even if it's emotional, that's still cheating. I never looked at it, you know, like that. So on my end, I'm the I was the partner, I was the girlfriend. Like, just be honest with me. Like, I I'd rather hear the information <laughs> from you than somebody else or mm-hmm. have a female be able to come up on me and say something you know what i mean that she think i don't know <laughs> you know what i mean i would rather just know regardless of what it is i would rather you know know and have the have the opportunity to make a choice like don't withheld withhold something from me and and also take away my yeah. opportunity to make a choice about what's being presented or what's happening. Right. Since you've been open relating, have, how has been, what has it been like with your journey of finding men that understand you as a free woman? Like, have you had any trouble with that? Or have you just, you know, been, you know, fortunate to like not have an issue with finding men who understand you? <laughs> I'm like, there is no dynamic where there's not an issue trying to date. <laughs> but um, I will say it's not, it's not bad. Like, yeah, I come across people who that's not, that's not their thing. They can't, that's not something they can handle. You know what I mean? And that's cool. But I also meet men that are very understanding and they get it. And the more they get to know me, they understand you know, who I am, you know, as a free woman and what that looks like, you know, for me. So it helps them. Um, it helps them grow as people to understand the human experience a little bit more than the traditional uh, structures that we may have been raised on. Right. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Because um, one thing I found in doing these interviews or whatnot is that from what I've observed and what I've been told and what I can see is it seems like women have a lot harder time finding, you know, men that will accept the free women, the free woman lifestyle, the free woman like behavior or whatnot. Like they have, there's a lot of, um, men have a lot of judgments around that, uh, culturally, you know, that I don't, I don't think it's fair, you know, and I really hate that a lot of women have to like, you know, kind of combat that. Um, yeah. You know, to get to get the love that they need, you know, the love that they deserve to have. You know, they should always feel loved and and, and safe and secure, you know, by every man that they're with, you know. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm opposing. No, totally. I mean, I I can't say that. Like the the people, the the men I come across that I say, like like I said, they're not receptive to it. Those are usually the ones that harbor, you know, quite a bit of judgment or, you know, a double standard towards meeting you know what what would be coined a a free woman or you know seeing that for the first time you know face to face but like i said there are just as much there are just as many you know men that are very receptive to it and you know understanding of it so i don't even really pay attention (laughs) to the ones that don't (laughs) not in your cypher yeah i'm like i'm I'm focused on what I'm trying to attract. <laughs> nice. 
that's good. That's the right attitude to have. Like, I feel like some people do kind of get swallowed up and a little angry. Um, but yeah, it does seem like you have a no, pretty positive attitude. And, uh, I assume you have some really good men in your life. I do. I do. Yeah, I do. They're very understanding. Um, they're very similar to me in, in the reflection of, you know, wanting to be their most authentic selves and striving to be that. And, you know, luckily I can say they, they look at our relationships as, you know, something that plays a part in them further understanding themselves and also understanding how to relate with other people or how they can relate with other people. So I'm, yeah. I hold much gratitude for them. Right. That's dope. Um, last question before I want to get off here. We're running out of time, <laughs> but uh, do you think you'll, you know, ever switch up? You think that you'll ever, you know, start saying, you know, I don't really want to be over later anymore. I'm just going to be monogamous. I'm like the closest thing to monogamy for me is being sexually exclusive to one person. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I know I will always care about, you know, other people. And I don't know. I mean, to, to if I, I mean, we all create our lives. If, if I can create the, the, monogamous relationship that is the most beneficial to me, you know, in all forms, then yeah. But in being my most authentic self, like, I would have to be honest with myself and say, I I enjoy having at least more than one partner. Mm, right. And I know that's hard for some people to actually verbally say. <laughs> it can be. No, you're you're right. It can be, but I, I I definitely agree, and I'm right there with you. I definitely enjoy having more than one. I I don't I don't see how I could really be happy with if I didn't have more than one. Yeah. Not to say I wouldn't you know love and care about. Or I can't love and care about one person, but um, I just know for me and like how my <laughs> how my sensibilities are set up. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I, I really enjoy having uh, multiple people that I can interact with. Yeah. That's for sure. Yes, I understand. Like you said earlier, like, they they all bring something, you know, out of you collectively. They all play a part, you know, in who you are as a whole. So, I that definitely is, did. Yeah, that is a fact. Because I am, um, I'm dating some people right now, and they are all, I'm having very different experiences with all with all of it's thrilling but no it's not it's not even overwhelming it's just great <laughs> i love it yes. I love it, is, it is fun i will say that like as far as the like you said just the the different energies you know yeah. of dynamics i think that's the thing you know how people interact with different people what that brings out you know in them yeah that really really interesting 100 percent. well joe uh yeah i like to keep these a little bit under 50 minutes or so um but thanks a lot for doing this i really appreciate you coming on yeah. um really talking to you and getting to know you you sound like a almost like a twin flame for me you know like, <laughs> <laughs> like you definitely somebody I, I i can vibe with for sure yeah yeah man i that's always the goal. I, I like to vibe. I like to vibe with everybody. I like to vibe with folks. 
He seemed like a cool, cool dude too. Oh well, well, thank you, thank you. I I, I try. Well, actually, I don't. I don't try at all. But it, it works. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I definitely, I do appreciate you um, interviewing me and taking me on and posting the posts for me to even say <laughs> that I would do it. So I do. Appreciate of course, that. of course. Um, but again, thanks everybody for tuning in. This has been another episode of Nope Relating. Uh, tune in next week. I got another special guest as as usual. Um, well, actually, you know what? I'm taking it back. I'm, I'm, I'm lying. Next week, I'm doing another episode of Noble's Deep Dive with um, my girl Gabby. So tune in um, next week. Thanks, everybody. Peace and blessings.